0: Hello everyone, Charles Watts here. It is Monday. Good morning and what a wonderful Monday it is. I hope you're having a fine start to the week wherever you're watching or listening to this around the world. And I'm sure you probably are because it was a very, very fun afternoon at the Emirates. Yesterday, you see behind me, Declan Rice there. The star of the show is Arsenal beat Manchester United 3-1 to make it three wins from four from the start of the Premier League season and sort of bounce back from that disappointing draw against Fulham last time out. Lots to talk about today to get stuck into, reflecting on the game, how it all panned out, the big talking points, plenty to talk about. My voice is pretty hoarse, as you can imagine, uh, as you can hear, because that was uh, that was quite an atmosphere yesterday and it was, uh, it was the... um. First time that I've been able to celebrate and just experience a game like that in my actual seat since Danny Welbeck's goal against Leicester all those years ago, you know, like for the last seven years or whatever it is, I've been sitting in the press box for all the games, um, and having a uh, actual professional when Arsenal scored dramatic late winners. And uh, that was the first time in a long, long time that I've been able to properly uh, experience that and kind of lose myself in the uh, joy of a last-minute winner against a team like Man United. And it was a lot of fun, but my throat is feeling it very much now, as you can imagine. But fantastic day, and thanks to everyone who came up to me and said hello at the ground yesterday. I bumped into lots of you. Uh, so here, yeah, really good to see you all and I hope you all enjoyed that as much as I did. And I'm sure you probably did because it turned out to be a brilliant day uh, at the Emirates. It wasn't sort of shaping up that way for large chunks of it. It was a bit of a frustrating afternoon for uh, for a lot of the game. Arsenal going behind, coming back into it and then dominating for for most of the afternoon. But not really breaking United down. Did have a couple of chances, didn't take them. And it looked like being another frustrating afternoon until Declan Rice popped up. And I will talk about Declan Rice a lot later in this uh, in this episode because he's very much worth talking about. The absolutely fabulous performance from him. Um, yeah, what a player. £105 million bargain he is. So let's have a look then. So Arsenal, when you look at the stats from yesterday's game, they they absolutely deserve to win it. They were a better team. I thought United were poor, I have to say. I thought United approached the game like a team worried about relegation rather than the team sort of with ambitions of top four or title credentials or something like that. They were really negative. If that's how they play every single time they go away to, to a a big team, then I'm not surprised they've got such a terrible away record under Eric Ten Hag. It was just really negative. I thought, Um, obviously they've got quality players in there. And, you know, when you've got someone like Marcus Rashford, you can always score a goal like they did to take the lead. But you know up to that point, they just didn't, they hadn't done anything. they would barely been in Arsenal's half. And um, yes, you can say on one hand, oh, it's a good counter-attacking goal, but they set up well tactically, they got it right. But I don't know about that. I think other teams have shown you can get out of Arsenal if you try and attack them. But I thought United were just really, really negative throughout the game. And you know, shots wise, Arsenal 17 to 10, 5 on target compared to United's two, 55% possession. They had 530 passes, United's 462, uh, 12 corners to United three. I just thought they were very, very dominant, and they absolutely deserved to win. Even though, again, this season they weren't at their best. If their best is what we're sort of comparing to last season, I think you can say they weren't at their best. But I still thought they did more than enough to um to win the game, and they absolutely deserved it. And we saw because there was no Thomas Party, as I spoke about in yesterday's video, that that injury that he picked up during training. There was no Thomas Party, so that whole who starts at right back sort of question that everyone's been asking during the week went out the window because there was no Thomas party there. So Ben White just moved back to his natural position. We had Gabriel come back in alongside William Saliba and Zinchenko starting for the first time at left-back. So it was basically the same defence as we saw for the majority of last season. Then I thought Arsenal looked much, much better defensively because of that. Although having said that, they still made a big mistake, I thought, uh, for Manchester United's goal. It was a disappointing goal to concede considering Arsenal started that game so, so well and was absolutely dominant and really, really on top to then give away the goal like they did. Kai Havertz losing the ball and then United just one little pass from Eriksen to send Marcus Rashford away. I thought Ben White was really poor for that goal. You knew what Marcus Rashford was going to do and Ben White just basically opened the door for him to do it. It was really strange the way he just allowed him to cut inside on that right foot and to get his shot away. Obviously, it's easy for me to say that. I'm not having to try and defend Marcus Rashford, but for a top quality player like Ben White is, I thought he could have done a lot, lot better in that situation and made it a lot harder for Marcus Rashford to cut inside and get the shot away. It was a good finish. Obviously, Ramsdale got a touch on it. Some people said oh, his positioning wasn't great, but I don't know. I thought it was it was a decent shot from Rashford and it would have taken a lot to keep that out. But um, So disappointing for Arsenal to concede like that after the start, but the good thing was the way they responded, you know, they didn't waste any time getting back level. They didn't sort of feel sorry for themselves after conceding despite dominating the opening 25 minutes. They so has got a really good goal straight away to get back in a really slick move. Eddie and Ketty are doing well. I thought Havertz's movement was quite good in that sort of drag players away, create some space. Um, Martinelli's little cut back to Odegaard was fantastic and Odegaard's finish was, was quality. It was a brilliant goal. And um, at 1-1, he thought, you know, that's the point Arsenal are going to really sort of go on there and, uh, uh, and kick on and, and win this game fairly comfortably. It didn't really pan out like that, <laughs> I have to say. Arsenal, I think they were definitely the better side in the second half. They looked like if someone was going to win, it was going to be them. They should have scored. Bakaya Saka, you know, Arsenal created a really good opportunity for Bakaya Saka. And it was a poor finish straight at Andre Anana. And he thought at that point, you know, like, on a game where there wasn't that many top quality, you know, real golden opportunities, that was a big miss for Arsenal. And he um, thought that's going to, that's going to, could well come back and bite him. And it nearly did with... Um, Garnaccio breaking through and scoring what well, looked like what could be the winner right at the end, which would have been a huge sucker punch for Arsenal, two minutes to go. And, you know, it's the thing with United. They are, they can break. You know that. Arsenal got punished at Old Trafford last season, and, but exactly that by sort of getting sucked into the trap and United playing on the counter. They did it for the first goal yesterday and they almost did it for that goal where Goncalo went through. Brilliant from Gabriel, by the way, uh, when you watch the replays and he could see Goncalo was going and just the way he sort of arched his body and put the brakes on and made sure that Garnacho was going to be offside. You know, it was very tight, obviously, but it was Ryan Ten Hag's list of complaints after the game. I just thought were pathetic. It was just a just a man. I think it was clearly trying to deflect attention away from how poor his side were yet again and how poor they continued to be away from home. You know, it just made no sense. He talked about the lines being wrong. The lines weren't wrong. He was definitely offside. He talked about Havertz's penalty and the fact Havertz should have been booked. You know, for in my opinion, and maybe, yeah, there might be a touch of bias on it. But I think that's a very, you don't often see a, a decision like that being overturned by VAR because albeit it was probably soft. And I did think at the time it looked like Havertz had gone down quite easily. There was definitely contact there. And once the referee had given that on the pitch, I don't quite know how that can be overturned. Because I don't see how you can deem that a clear and obvious error. And you very, very rarely see that overturn. So for Ten Hag to, you know, Ten Hag should have been counting his blessings that he got away with one there. Not saying that Havertz should have got a booking in retrospect for diving. Um, and he talked about Hoyland should have had a penalty. He's never should have had a penalty. And then obviously Declan Rice's goal, he complained about that as well. And I just thought it was a man who was trying to deflect attention away from his side's really poor, and negative performance. To be honest, but um, but yeah, Arsenal responded. They they got away with one with the offside, obviously, and then. The, the mood in the stadium then when that goal went in to make it 2-1 United, the, the, the dejection that swept around the Emirates was just like, oh my God, I can't believe this. And then just to be lifted by the fact that the goal was ruled off for offside and, you know, you almost celebrate that like a goal when the VAR decision comes through. And then a few minutes later, you, you know, to go and get the winner with Declan Rice, having been staring down the precipice of a defeat, feeling like you're about to get beaten, to then suddenly be winning, it was just unbelievable. And then when Jesus popped up with a... Um, with the goal straight afterwards, those scenes when Jesus has scored. Because although Rice's goal was the important one, I think because everyone was so up and still celebrating that goal for Jesus to then score the way he did and the way that move worked out. And it was just one of those beautiful, beautiful football moments of the move progressing and the sort of crowd gets louder and louder with each sort of bit from the initial pass to Vieira, then Vieira's pass, and then the way Jesus steps inside his man and like, then everything just went silent just as he was about to finish. And then, yeah, the celebrations when he rolled it in. It was just a brilliant, brilliant goal, a brilliant end to the game. Anyone who's inside the Emirates will uh, not forget that in a hurry. I felt sorry. There was people around me. They left with about a minute to go. And it's like, why would you leave a game early unless you've got the most pressing need, like an emergency? Why would you leave a game early? You, know, you spend all that money to come to football. I think you surely can put up with an extra 10 minutes in a train queue because you just miss games like this. And the way football is now with the extra time, you know, you miss, an, you miss 10 minutes of a match now because it's pretty much always about, like yesterday there was eight minutes stoppage time with the goals that extended to like 12 minutes. You miss a large chunk of the match if you leave with a couple of minutes to go now. It's not like before when maybe you missed two minutes of injury time. You're missing 10, 15 minutes worth of a game. And yeah, I felt really sorry for those people who had all left the stadium early and missed... Miss those goals off in the in extra time because it was a real special special atmosphere in there and um and a great win for arsenal in the end they weren't at their very best as i've said it wasn't the most convincing of performances but i still think they were definitely the better team i think they deserve to win and um and it's sort of going into the international break now with three wins from four and with the community shield one as well against manchester city i think it's very tough to look at the start of the season, Arsenal enjoyed and not thought it's and not think it's been a pretty decent start. I have to say. Okay, Mikel Arteta speaking after the game about how he felt, how it how the win felt. It's a great. We all worked so hard and planned everything to live moments like this. These moments are going to stick with us. To see the crowd so connected with the team again and celebrating a big match like today with the history of this clash is something great. So I'm very happy. He was asked about the fact that it wasn't still you know the perfect performance and his team are still sort of struggling to. Probably get the sort of fluidity and, and um, momentum that they had last season. He said, No, especially the goal that we gave away. We talked about losing the ball inside the first two passes against this team. You are kaput. And we did that again in the second half. They could have scored, but it was overturned for the rest of the game the win, the determination, the eagerness of the team, the way we showed that will to win and mentality. I'm so, so proud of it. So he knows his team could be better. And I think he knows, again, they were, you know, can count themselves a little bit fortunate with the offside goal and the fact they got sucked into that. Trap against Manchester United again picked off on the counter attack because if you don't get sucked into that, I just don't see how United hurt you. It's the only way you feel like United can hurt you, especially when they're coming away when they go away from home, is on the counter attack. If you don't get sucked into that and make sure you don't leave yourself, you know, prone to getting suddenly in a one on one situation with Rashford or someone like that, I just don't see how it can hurt you. I just think they lack real, real quality, Manchester United. I have to say, okay, I've got to talk about Declan Bryce yesterday. It was just he was he was head and shoulders above everyone else on the pitch i think you know in recent history if arsenal lose thomas party to injury it's just like it's disaster isn't it you just think oh my god what what are they going to do without thomas party but now it's just not that big a deal if thomas party's not there i'm not even sure thomas would have played yesterday even if he was fit i think if ben white had come in at right back i'm not sure i think thomas probably would have been on the bench and you know that that performance declan rice gave yesterday all over the pitch quality on the ball his ability to break play up, the the way he screened the defence, you know, obviously popping up at the crucial moment to get the goal as well. He was just the best player on the pitch by an absolute mile and um, no one was more deserving to have that big moment in the end than he was. And, you know, in a time when so many players are sort of struggling to justify their sort of lofty price tags in the Premier League you know think of Kai Havertz for example Arsenal 65 million Anthony Man United who was just dreadful again yesterday whatever he cost 90 million whatever it was Kai Sado's had a bad start at Chelsea you know so many players up and down the country struggling to justify these ridiculous transfer fees that clubs are having a pain out for players but Declan Rice just looks every single inch a 105 million pound footballer I think and you know, he's just taken to it so so well he just looks so comfortable. there's no settling in period and I didn't think there was going to be with him. you kind of I knew he' had the personality and the character to just to deal with that and not be worried by the price tag or anything like that and you know that those are the type of performances that Arsenal signed Declan Rice for, and that's why I said so much in the build up to him signing why I just believed he'd be so transformative to this team because I think he's that good and he's going to get better. And um, he was just absolutely brilliant yesterday. Mikel was talking about him. He said he was a tremendous performance. When you look at holding midfielder, how he needs to dominate his area and the pressing that is needed, how he breaks up play, how he glues the team together in, ma- in many moments when it was stretching a little bit, he was really dominant and then produced a moment of magic to win the game. I'm really happy with him. And I'm not surprised. And I, I know all his teammates are really happy with him as well. You know, He settled in so, so quickly. He's really popular already behind the scenes and he's proven it on the pitch. You know, it took him a couple of games, just to read, was still good in the first couple of games, but you could see he was probably still working on his fitness a little bit. But from the moment that game against Crystal Palace, I just thought he's just gone up to another level. And then the game yesterday, it was just he was so, so good. He's, as Mikel says in the quotes below, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see the sort of leadership in the dressing room is where he says it's very natural. He's a great kid. He's got a good mixture between extremely demanding with everybody and himself, but then a bit of banter as well, being around the boys and the staff in a really humble way. I think he's fitted in brilliantly. He talks about the goal involvements as well. And you know, I think and I spoke about this when Arsenal were trying to sign him. You know, every season when you speak to people who've sort of worked with Declan Rice and everything like that, every season he adds something more to his game. He's just got that quality to keep adding and keep building to his game. And I think the sort of the goal we saw him score yesterday, that's the sort of thing he needs to add a lot, I think, this season. And I really think he will. I think he's got the quality to do it. And You know, that was technically a really good goal because at last minute you're panicking. It's 1-1, the ball drops to you like that. You can easily sky that, you know, lean back, get your technique wrong. But he got it absolutely perfect. Yes, he got a bit fortunate, fortunate with the deflection, but the fact he sort of kept that shot down and he had the technique and he had the quality to do that in the really key moments... I think it's really, really important. And um, as Mikael said in the quote, he said he's got the timing to arrive in the box, the position will determine a lot how many goals he will score because at the end it's consistent, it's about how consistent you're arriving there. And I do think he's got that ability to get into the box, to run in from deep and almost do kind of similar what Granite Jacket did uh, last season. Obviously he's playing a bit deeper than Granite Jacket did, but I still think he's got the quality to, you know, add sort of six or seven goals to this season in the Premier League. And if he can do that, I think it'd be really, really important to Arsenal. Uh, Thomas Party obviously no part yesterday, as I said. Mikel spoken to me. He's kind of mixed messages again from Mikel. And w- there's been mixed messages everywhere about this track, this injury. Like, I've heard it's bad. Then I've heard it's not so bad. It might only be a couple of weeks. I'm getting lots of mixed messages from everyone that you talk to. And even Mikel, before the game, he said a couple of weeks when he was doing his TV interviews before the game. Then afterwards, he said, I don't know. Unfortunately, he got an injury in training and it doesn't look good. We need some more tests. We believe he's going to be out for weeks We think it's a groin, but it can be something in between. Um, So when you sort of heard the interview before the game, you thought, oh, two weeks, that's not bad, especially with the international break coming up. Hopefully you know, you might miss a couple after that. But this quote made it sound more serious and the more that Arsenal were more worried. And like I said, I have heard (laughs) from certain people that it's a bad one and Arsenal are worried he's going to be out for a while. And then I've spoken to people more closer to Thomas Parsi and they're sort of playing it down a bit and think he might be all right relatively quickly. So... We'll have to wait and see. I think the next week will obviously be really important and we'll have some more tests of, um, to see exactly how bad this, this muscle injury is. But, um, you yeah, know, fingers crossed it's not going to be too long because although, as I said, I think I probably would have been surprised if Thomas Party started yesterday, if everyone was fit, I see he's still such an important player to this team. And with Champions League football coming up, Arsenal need Thomas and They need him back fit quickly. So fingers crossed he is back sooner rather than later. Okay, Fabio Vieira again got the assist for... Gabriel Jesus yesterday coming off the bench, replacing Carl Havertz, who had another struggle. I'll talk a little bit about Havertz in a minute. Um, Here's a comment from Harry. says, Fabio Vieira needs to start. No one else in the field would have given that ball to Jesus without taking multiple touches and leaving it to the last second. Sorry, I've got to take a drink. My throat's absolutely killing me. Um, And then this is what Mikel said afterwards on Fabio Vieira. He said, every player has a chance to start. Today, we decided to start with Kai. We knew that Fabio would have a big impact, especially in the last minutes or final minutes, if we needed something and something has changed with Fabio. You notice with the crowd when he steps in, he is different to how he was last year. He's more mature. He's more senior in the squad and his confidence in the squad is high. So I'm really happy to have these options. And you can, exactly what Mikel talks about. You can absolutely see... A difference in Fabio Vieira, just the way he's carrying himself, the way he holds his head up at the moment. You know, The second half of last season, I really felt like he was hiding in a lot of games. He was coming on, he had absolutely no confidence. Very similar to what Kai Havertz is going through right now, I think. You can always tell when a player has no confidence. You can tell, by the way, they don't really want to get on the ball. And when they do get the ball, they get rid of it really, really quickly with the simple pass. And Vieira was doing that last season. He's got such good technical ability, Vieira. He's got such a clever eye for a pass as well. When a player like him is just getting rid of it really quickly. It's just a clear sign that he's struggling for confidence and belief in his own ability. But now, whether it was something in that Fulham game, whatever it was, he's just come on and he's suddenly looking like a player. Well, not even Fulham, because it was in pre-season as well, a couple of games. Maybe it was a penalty against Man City in the final. I don't know. But he just looks like he believes in himself now and he, and he wants the ball and he wants to make something happen. He's going hunting for the ball. And he didn't do that last season. It's a really big difference. And it's fantastic to see because I think we all knew Fabio Vieira is a very talented player, but you just wanted to see him show a bit more personality with, when he was on the pitch. And um, I think what we've seen so far in the early signs of this season is he's doing that. You know, he's coming on and trying to make an impact and trying to grab the game by the scruff of the neck. And he did it against Fulham and he did it again yesterday. If you count winning a penalty as an assist, which I think does that go down as an assist technically? I'm not sure if it does, but if it does, then he's got three assists in his last two substitute appearances. And, you know, that's great. And that's what you need when players off the bench. And, Um, there's another comment here from uh, Phil who says, uh, happy Monday morning, Charles. With the amount of injury time seemingly getting every game towards getting towards 10 minutes, how much of an impact do you think this will have in games? Players get fatigued physically and mentally, managers tactically making changes, subs to take advantage. I think it changes it massively, Phil. I really, really do. And I I sort of said that yesterday during the game because he left it quite late to make his changes, Mikel. I think he brought, Fabio must have come on, it was, was it a triple change that came on? I think it was about sort of 15 minutes to go and people in the stadium were saying, oh, it's a bit late, he's making his changes late. But I think when you factor in, you know that there's going to be such a big amount of stoppage time and you knew there was going to be loads in that game yesterday in that second half. So although you're throwing on 15 minutes to go, really you're throwing them on knowing there's probably going to be about 25 minutes to go. And I think that does make a big, big difference. And it just gives Arsenal potentially that sort of real injection of uh, quality and, you know, fresh legs over... the uh, for for the sort of long period of injury time. And I think it's massively going to change the t- tactical setup of managers and how they do make changes. And um, so, yeah, and I thought it worked yesterday for Arsenal big time. The changes absolutely worked, just as they did against Fulham in the in the previous game. Uh, here's one from Ben who says, only the fourth game of the season and already I need to defibrillator. I know how you feel, mate. Uh, two observations. I think Trossard needs to start ahead of Havertz and Martinelli needs to stop taking corners. He's off at it. Martinelli's corners were dreadful yesterday. Absolutely dreadful. They were doing my head in. At the, uh, at the game and uh, it was actually quite ironic that we actually scored what pretty much was a winner uh, from a corner although that was from Saka taking it not Gabriel Martinelli but he just kept hitting the front man every single delivery was just too low it was just so frustrating so yeah I agree with you on that um, and yeah on, Trof- on Trossard and Havertz so Havertz as I said just talking there about Vieira he's just a player it's so obvious he might as well have a sign above his head that says I have zero confidence he just you can see as this is going on, the confidence is just draining out of him. He needs something big. I think he's been a bit unfortunate in a couple of occasions when something potentially big has happened for him. Like in the game against Fulham, he set up a goal for Odegaard and that got disallowed because of an offside. Then yesterday, you know, he won that penalty when he drove into the box. One of the few times we really saw him show a bit of intent when he got the ball. And I think it was a penalty. Once the referee gives it, I think that's a penalty. I don't think you can overrule that. Um, but and then again it was overall so it's like two big moments he has been a part of so far this season. Both have kind of gone against him and decisions have gone against him that stopped him just getting something that he can hold on to and you know, get a little bit of confidence and he just looks to me like a player who has just zero belief in what's going on um, at the moment and whether that means that Mikel should take him out I think it probably does just to give him a bit of a breather but then I can probably understand why Mikel's thinking if I can just get something out of him he can just kick on I loved his quote yesterday when he was comparing <laughs> Havertz's start at, to our, at Arsenal to like him chasing his wife all those years back saying it was hard I had to keep going it wasn't easy I had to keep going and keep going and then eventually it was beautiful because I got her and she agreed to to go out with me and be together and that's what Havertz is experiencing right now and you know, I'm still I'm still convinced Havertz will come come through and you know whether he'll be an absolute superstar for Arsenal I have no idea but I think he'll prove to be a good player and a good squad player and a good addition but at the moment he's clearly really really struggling he's just not being able to make an impact on games and um, you know you can't let that go on for too long at some stage you've got to take him out of the firing line and bring in someone especially when someone like Vieira is coming on and making big impact and you've got to change things and reward those players so uh, we'll see what happens after the international break uh, with him but thanks for your question. And here's one from Chief Hardy. He says, Jesus looks so much more impressive than Nketiah when he came on. I know Nketiah has done well and fully deserves to have a role in the team. But Jesus has been much more creative, fitting our style play better. Vieira's looked really good in season as well. Hopefully he'll get more minutes once the tournaments roll around. Yeah, I thought Jesus was brilliant yesterday when he came on. The way he held the ball up, some of his qualities, touches in and around the penalty area to create some chances and create some space. You know, I, I was glad that Eddie started. I thought he deserved to start after what he's done in the last couple of games. So I, I thought, you know, that was good of Mikel to, to start him. But you know, we all know Jesus is the main man when it comes to Arsenal and being a striker. And um, and it's only a matter of time before he's back, starting every single game. Um, and it was a really good impact from yesterday. The way he took his goal was fabulous. You know, real, we haven't always seen him be that calm in front of goal, have we? But he was really calm yesterday and it was a brilliant finish. And, um, and yeah, so uh, fair play to him. That was a really big impact. And that's it for me, everyone. Thank you very much. That went on a little bit longer than normal up to about 25 minutes, but hey, look, it's a Monday morning, Arsenal just beat Manchester United. If you can't w- waffle on a little bit longer than normal, then this is the day to do it, can't you? So, yeah, thank you very much for watching or listening, wherever you've been uh, tuning into this episode around the world. We'll be back tomorrow to do it all over again. Also got um, uh, Inside Arsenal Extra Time with James Ben's bench coming at some point tomorrow as well so keep your eyes peeled to try and put that out in the evening in the extra time slot uh so until then everyone have a very good start to your week if you're surrounded by manchester united fans today enjoy it enjoy taking the mick that's what it's all about and uh yeah everyone i'll speak to you very very soon have a good one